Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast, where music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. Thank you, God. Spring has sprung, just about, I guess. Um, so we're going to jump into uh, a word for today. Wasn't last week awesome? Who was here last week? A tremendous time. Rocky brought a word, and we received it. We're running with it. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I just want to um, just encourage you guys, just really look into those life groups. I believe that literally, just like spring, new life is, is bursting forth, budding forth. And uh, one of the greatest ways to, to get life and new life is to connect with other believers. These are eternal relationships in Christ Jesus. So pray about that. Check into that. You'll be blessed. So also, um, last night was a, a special night. We had some uh, spiritual fathers down in uh, Franklin that said, man, this Jesus revolution is just too good. The timing is just too good with Asbury and the break up, outpouring of the Spirit and across campuses, across our, our nation and into nations. I don't know if you guys are watching the, the news. You can't, you can't see it on much mainstream news, but if you just watch and see what God's doing, it is, it is a profound time to be alive. I've heard people say, man, I've been waiting for decades, some people all their life pretty much. Just the, the last significant uh, outpouring that swept our nation possibly was the Jesus Revolution. Uh, we've had other uh, flashpoints throughout the decades, but hey, we got to get in while the getting's good. Amen? When you see God moving, I mean, jump in the deep end. That's my encouragement to you. <laughs> but we, so last night, the, the spiritual fathers said, hey, we got to have a, um, we got to have this young generation see this, this movie that just came out. So they uh, purchased a, a theater, uh, and, and we filled it up with uh, Wilco uh, students, Wilco United, and Merge, and Fireplace, a bunch of us, and just had a profound uh prayer time, just calling on God to bring forth and keep spreading this revival in our land. And uh, so, yeah, so it was just a really a, a blessed time. And, you know, the Bible talks about the hearts of the fathers will turn to the children, and the hearts of the children will turn to the fathers, and it will remove the curse from our land. Could it be that the connecting uh, of the generations in Christ Jesus is part of literally removing the curse that's over our land, I believe it's absolutely true. Because Jesus said, if two would agree together, it shall be done. If we could get just two generations, how about three, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, to, to line up in the God's purpose and working together, pulling together instead of a generation gap, but actually really uh, honoring and, and working together, we're going to see stuff happen. And it's begun. There's, we're in a new day, guys. We're not just in a time where it's just a fatherless generation. There's many, many uh, spiritual fathers and mothers that are rising up, that are alert and awake and ready to serve and, and to make sure this young generation that's coming forth uh, with, with great, great passion, I'm going to get into that in a moment, uh, but that they're covered, they're blessed, and they can run the race as ones who will win. Yeah, that means you're in it for the long haul. You're not just a, a sprinter. You're, you're marathon runners. And so uh, part of uh, the story of what's happening in our, in, in our nation right now, uh, Catherine, who actually was, uh, I think, Wilco United leader, right? Right down, one, one of our own. 
And uh, she, you were part of um, Harvest Sound Intensive last summer too, right? She got lit up. And then she went to Samford. And uh, come and bring a testimony. What, what, what's happened down there? She was, she was right in the middle of it helping stoke the fire. So let's hear what happened. Hey, guys. Um, yes, yeah, so like Pastor Pat said, I go to Stanford. I'm a freshman. Um, and in the past semester of being there, the Lord was like, Catherine, like, I'm starting revival at Stanford. I'm starting revival at Stanford. I'm coming after the hearts of people at Stanford. And so I was like, okay, Lord, like, I trust that. I believe that. How, how do you want to use me? And he was like, I just want you to say yes. And so I was like, okay, okay. All of this breaks out. And there was one Wednesday, this was like two weeks ago at Sanford, um, and in class, my professor turned around and looked at me, and he was like, I need you to start praying right now. So all of a sudden, like, just start, started praying in a revival, and this whole entire room of students just in class start praying for revival, and they break out in song. I mean, Holy Spirit was like, I'm coming, and I'm coming quick. And the whole entire day, I was like, Lord, like, something is different about today. Like, something is different. And he said, I need you to go to Reed Chapel at 8.30. So I was like, okay. So I went to Reed Chapel at 8.30, and I just started praying for revival. And there were three people in there. There was a, a guitarist, a pianist, and a singer. And they were like, oh, do you need the space? Like, do you need us to leave? And I was like, no, Jesus said revival's coming. So you guys can just, like, play worship, and I'll just sit in here and pray. Um, 30 minutes pass, and I turn around, and the Lord had showed me himself, like, walking into dorm rooms and into auditoriums and into gyms and, like, grabbing people by the hand and walking them to read. And this place, for seven days, seven whole entire days, worship, I mean, it just broke out. We saw deliverances and healings and salvations. Salvations! <laughs> and... God is saying, hey, you won't get revival for going after revival. You're going to get revival for going after Jesus. And so it has been the craziest thing in the world. And, you know, it's crazy. It's because all of this is happening because we're walking on prayers from generations, from generations and generations. This isn't just this all of a sudden, boom, like we've been praying for this and the Lord hears us. And I just think that this is a time where the Lord is coming for the largest harvest that he could ever come for. And the time is now and he just needs someone to say yes. So I just want to encourage you, if he's knocking on your heart, say yes. When you hear that small whisper, say yes. Because you never know what he can do with someone who is available, who crucifies their flesh daily, who lives a life consecrated to the Lord, and says yes. So praise God. That was awesome. Way to go. Way to, way to be on, on mission down there. That's amazing. Praise God. Isn't this exciting times? Um, there's just so much that's breaking out. You know, we, the night before the Jesus Revolution movie came out, we just happened to go to a prayer meeting that was in uh, downtown Franklin, and here we are sitting in this upper room, a prayer meeting, and we have an opportunity to pray for uh, one of the brothers that produced that movie. So just the timing was just unbelievable. The, the next night, it was getting ready to be released into the nation and nations, and so... God's just lining up so much. It's exciting times. Um, I'm going to jump into a word this morning. And uh, but just before I do, let's put a little ha in hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. You want a, want a joke or two? How about it? Come on, come on. 
Yeah? Can we do it? All right. So, all right, here we go. You ready for this? So, what did uh, pirates call Noah's boat? The ark. I know it's a little corny, but just roll with it. It'll get better, I think. <laughs> uh, what did God's people say when food fell from heaven? Oh, oh man. Uh, oh, man. Uh, oh, man. I know. It's just, I didn't have a lot of time to, I didn't put a lot of time on the jokes, okay? I just, we're just kind of. Just kind of throwing them out there. I've got to loosen you up a little bit here. Um, oh, we did that one before. Who, anyone got a good, a good appro- church appropriate joke? You got one? I'm just. You good? Okay, come on. I trust her. I trust her. My wife's like, no. What you got? What kind of coffee does Jesus drink? Oh, there it is, Hebrews. All right. What, what, and, and the old classic. Here's our, oh, you, oh, this is getting out of control. I'll give you a classic while she's coming down. What did, what did the skunk say when he came to church? Let's pray. Do you know why Jesus is not allowed in the jewelry store? He'll break every chain. Oh, Sarah liked that one. Yeah, she's like, that's a good one. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, so you guys have just, let's, let's jump into the word. Come back, Holy Spirit. No, he's here. He's here. He, he, loves, he loves laughter. Um, so you've heard the phrase over and over. I've been hearing it more and more because Daniel got real involved uh, to keep calling on him to be a, kind of a spokesperson for, for Gen Z. Gen Z, yes, everyone say Gen Z. And I finally was like, I never really liked the name of it, just Gen Z. It just kind of seems like the end, like, right? So it's, like, it's just kind of like Z, where do you go from there? However, the Lord saves the, the, the best for last. Right? We put that in there. Uh, but also, um, I asked the Lord just the other day, I was like, what is... What does this Z stand for? And, 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 he, and I really was sincere. I was like, what do you call it, Gen Z? He said, Gen Zeal. Gen Zeal. Zeal. The Z stands for zeal. And I really believe that there, we're going to see a pro- profound uh, zeal coming forth from this generation. I believe it's already been breaking forth. And, uh, and so um, I want to talk to you about something that the Lord dropped on me just this week also, that... He said, with, in regards to this outpouring in Asbury, he said, think about the name. Think about where it's coming from. It's Wilmore, Kentucky, Wilmore. He said, this is about those who will will more of God in their life, those who will will for more. It's really about, it's about passion. It's about zeal. In this life, we get what we want. God's given us free choice. Choose you this day who you will serve. And we've been so distracted, sometimes straight up deceived. But I believe we're coming into a time out of, out of desperation. People are, are, are beginning to turn to God. They're saying, I, I actually want God more than I want anything else. I, I will him in my life. I will the Holy Spirit. I will his will. 
those who will will more. I believe that we're going to see that kind of movement break out across America. And you say, could it be that simple? It's, just, it's really just a choice of a distracted people that all of a sudden say, you know what? I'm going after Jesus. I'm all in. And I believe we're coming into that, that time where we're going to see people just turning their wills towards God and His Word and His ways above our ways. That we've, we've come to the end of ourselves. I, I believe that the, the, the three years of COVID and all that it's done to society has really set a, a profound atmosphere for God to move. And all the shaking, all the uncertainties has prepared the land, a dry and thirsty land where the fire of God will break out and it will just burn across a dry land. I remember one time it got really dry uh, out in our land and um, Eagles Landing, and it was a real dry summer. And also, we started. We were in a. We were actually in a movie theater. And uh, uh, some of the guys might still be. I don't know. But it was years ago now. But in, in the movie theater, and all of a sudden they, they were calling, saying, "There's fire! There's fire! Eagles Landing!" It's like, and it was like, "What?" And so fire had broken out. They, they, by God's grace, were able to put it all out. But I'm telling you, when it's dry, you got to watch out. Okay. Well, the same is true with a spiritual fire. When it gets dry, something's going to happen and something's going to spread. And, and you guys are all called to be super spreaders for the gospel. It's the truth. And so um, I want to talk to you this morning about this, this Gen Z, but not just Gen Z. I believe it's for all who will pursue Jesus. Talk about this zeal. Why is zeal important? Where does it fit into a believer's life? And, and zeal, just the very definition, means to have great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. I remember hearing someone say years ago, not much happens without enthusiasm. If you think about it, if, you, if, if, if we're not fiery, if we're not contagious, if we're not excited and even a little bit outrageous, not much happens. The same old, same old just kind of carries on. But every once in a while, you see someone that just gets lit. Forget woke, get lit, <laughs> you know, in Jesus. Um, and, uh, and so it speaks of passion. It speaks of, of love and fervor and fire and devotion and uh, eagerness, keenness, all these things, vigor, energy. And, and I believe that God, by his Holy Spirit, is visiting us, empowering us. We talk about the power of the Holy Spirit but some of the power isn't just signs and wonders. We believe in the signs, the wonders, the gifts of the Spirit, and all the operation of these things in our lives. We celebrate those things. And the, and the gift of prophecy that we're to eagerly desire and go after. But there's also just the very passion for Jesus itself. When we're lacking in passion, who's, who grew up in churches that were maybe a little drab? Yeah? Maybe, you know, maybe a de denominational setting. We bless all the denominations. But, man, I remember times going, when I was a young, young child going to church, going, man, I can't believe how bored I am. This is killing me. As a, as a little, as a kid, I was like, this is killing me, you know. And I'm telling you, boredom is a, is a, is a weapon of the enemy. When you get a bored people of faith, when you get a people that, are, that are, are growing bored in the Lord, which should never be, the maker of the heavens and the earth, the most fascinating being we'll ever see or behold or celebrate, when we get bored of, of the Lord, the devil's ready to cut in on you. 
Because it's when we lose that zeal that we become vulnerable. Now, I'm going to read a, a, a scripture. Can we maybe post that scripture? We'll stand for the reading of, of God's word. Let's stand. Um, and it's coming at you from Romans 12, starting at verse 9. Okay, it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never, someone say never. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Just look at uh, verse 11 one more time there. Let's, let's speak it out together. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. Let's do it one more time. Never be lacking in zeal, keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. Woo! Please be seated. So I looked up that word never in the Greek, and it meant never. So uh, we got to keep the fire. We got to keep the, the flame. Mama Susie was talking about that. The fire should never go out, right? You remember that? And, and God wants us to be a, a, a zealous people. You know, Jesus, he, he uh, had a couple zealots, they were called back in his day, uh, that were part of his, his, um, his 12 disciples. And, you know, they were known back in, the, in that, that day, if you're called a zealot, you know, you're someone who's uh, got, got a national a patriotism, you want to overthrow the Romans and all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, there's a, there's a spiritual zealot that does the work of the kingdom, that advances the kingdom. Even when it looks impossible, they have the, the ability to overthrow the darkness of their times, even the greatest darkness of their times, by keeping that fire burning. Because the devil don't have that fire anymore. He used to have that fire. He used to be the, the, the worshiping angel. But he lost it. Now we carry that place of celebration onto the Lord, that passion for Jesus that's to never go out. And so let's take a, a minute and let's go through what is this, the purpose of zeal? What is it in the scripture? We talked about its great enthusiasm, its passion. Um, but let's talk about God himself. Is God zealous? Think of God. You think when you're totally in charge and stuff, you could be just kind of chill, right? Just kind of like, you know, I got it. I got it together. I've never lost a battle. Never, never really, uh, you know, got anything that concerns him too much. I'm sure. I'm, you know, just think of God. But would would God be full of zeal? Let's take a look. There's, let's say a scripture from Isaiah 59, starting at verse 15. Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. Think of that. If you shun evil in this atmosphere, you become a prey. You become a target. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm worked salvation for him, and his own righteousness sustained him. Verse 17, he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance 
and he wrapped himself up in zeal as in a cloak. Picture God putting on the armor and the helmet and, and, uh, and garments of vengeance. He's going to war for the, the lack of justice that's in the land. He looks and he's displeased. He, he looks first for humans to intervene, to join with him, to partner with him. And he, he, was, he was appalled. He said, I can't believe I'm, I'm having to do this myself. I look for someone to stand in the gap. Look for a man, a voice of justice, a woman of justice to stand and intervene and intercede for, for Israel at the time. And, um, and so here we see the Lord wrapping himself in zeal as in a cloak. I'm telling you, God is fiery. There, there, you won't meet anyone, I believe, ever that's, that's uh, more fiery than God himself. Our God is a consuming fire. And so it says uh, that even as God does great exploits, he does them with great zeal. The Bible talks about this. Five times in the Bible it says, and the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. God accomplishes his things with zeal. Empowered by zeal. Empowered by passion, intention, focus, fire. I mean, God gets it done. If God accomplishes things with zeal. If it takes him to wrap himself up in zeal, how much more us? If the Almighty says, this is the way I get it done, the zeal of the Lord has accomplished this. The zeal of the Lord has accomplished this. Who wants the zeal of the Lord so that you can accomplish the eternal things of the kingdom? Lord, give us your zeal as we talk on this this morning. Isaiah 42, verse 13 says, The Lord will march out like a mighty man, like a warrior. He will stir up his zeal with a shout. He will rise a battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. The Lord will march out like a mighty man of war. and He will stir up his zeal. How many people believe that maybe we need a little zeal? I mean, the, the difference is being apathetic or indifferent. How many... Years have we spent, even as a church, just kind of being out there, right? Lukewarm. Yeah, there's a p- powerful way to describe it. And the Lord's not pleased with that. He, the Bible tells us that he'll literally spit out the lukewarm. I wish that you were hot or cold. Thanks. You t- took me a whole different direction, but it worked. That was good. Uh, um, and, and, and God wants us to, to, uh, to be full of passion, full of fire, you might say, well, how do, how do we get there? Well, we're going to talk about that, but let's, let's take a look at Jesus for a moment. You guys remember when Jesus, it was a time of the Jewish Passover, and uh, Jesus was going up to, finally going up to Jerusalem uh, into the temple courts. He found men selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and sitting at the uh, tables exchanging money. And uh, so what's he do? Now, think of this. He, he sees this happening. There's marketing in the church and the outer courts, and he sees all this going down, and he wasn't pleased at all. So what's he do? He actually goes away with intentionality, and he, the, the Bible says he made a whip. Now, those whips aren't easily made. You've got to find some leather. You've got to create all the strips, and, and who knows what type of whip. But imagine Jesus just sitting there like, hey, Jesus, what are you doing? I'm just getting ready. Just, I'm sure he even tried it out a little. Tried it out. Oh, yeah, I got it the way I want it now. We're ready to go. It's like, where are you going with that whip, Jesus? We're going to the temple. We're going to clean house. 
And, and you think of this, like this literally happening. It says that there was like 200 uh, temple guards that were normally there, and he chased them all out. He said he chased out all the people, and no one could come up against him. And, and what's he say about it all? He, well, first of all, he, he rebukes them. He looks to those who are selling the doves. I think that's a picture of, of uh, messing with the Holy Spirit, putting the doves in cages. Uh, see what I'm saying? Okay. He says, get, get these out of here. And he, not, he t- tips the tables. He, I'm sure the cage, cages broke open. He frees the, the doves. <laughs> and, then, and, and he says, um, how dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered that it is written. This is remarkable. They go back to Old Testament, the Psalms. At this moment, when they see Jesus with the whip, cleaning house, the disciples connect the scripture in their minds and say, the disciples remember at that moment, it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Or another translation says, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Do you have zeal for God's house? Do you have a passion for God's health to be healthy and whole and on track? See, so many people are so kind of, we're, we're, we're so used to the smorgasbord Christianity, kind of uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, you know, it's, I think we're just too casual. If I can, if I, can I go there for a moment? If Jesus could be this passionate about his father's house, wouldn't it be that he would have us carry on that lineage, that standard. I mean, if you think about it, the, the church, which is the body of Christ, or the bride of Christ, okay, that's pretty valuable, wouldn't, wouldn't you think? And, you know, there's, a, there's a, a movement that's been going around, I'm sure it's been around for centuries, of like, well, I'm, I'm cool with Jesus. I, I like Jesus. I'm not sure about, I'm not sure about the church. I'm not sure about... These people, they got issues. They're needy, or they just want my money, or whatever the excuses might be, or it could be a real hurt, something, someone done you wrong. It can happen in church, I'll tell you straight up. You can get hurt, yes, you can get hurt in church. Can anyone testify to that? It's not what God's designed, but we're dealing with humans up in here. I hate to break it to you. And the church sometimes is best described as a hospital, broken people coming in to get healed, to get free. But imagine if, if we say, I'm, I'm cool with Jesus, but, you know, this church and, you know, organized religion, whatever. How is it? But you, there's a danger to that. I understand some of the, the thought behind it. But there really is a danger of saying, I'm cool with the head, but I don't like the body. I like the head of Christ, but the body of Christ, I'm not so sure about it. It's all suspect to me. Is, is this making sense? And God comes along and says, no, you're my family. I laid down my life for you to bring, yes, the broken pieces back together and to heal us. And so the zeal for his house, the passion for the church itself has to be rekindled in our hearts. That God would make us expert builders with the living stones. I pray that over the life groups and all the things that will happen, that just a, a beautiful pastoral shepherding uh, wisdom anointing will start to come upon everyone as you use your spiritual gifts. Is this making sense? But, but it's gotta, if we don't have passion for his house, then we're kind of missing the whole boat because he does. He calls us not just his body. He calls us his bride, most precious to him. Do we have issues? Yes, we got issues. But don't give up on someone 
Or don't give up on the church because we got issues. Does this make sense? I mean, that's actually a place where God says, perhaps I'll use you to bring some healing or some reconciliation. It's all about perspective, and we need the right perspective. Jesus had this kind of zeal, and to bring correction when there needed to be correction, then we need to have it as well. Does this make sense? But there's a, such a thing as, uh, there's a warning in the Scripture about zeal without knowledge, because it's easy to be young and fiery. I mean, young people got a natural built-in passion before they get beat up by life and <laughs> kind of dumbed down, like, oh, man, I've been there, done that, tried that, you know. But we have to stay childlike. We have to be renewed constantly in Christ Jesus. Does this make sense? And so, but there's a, such a thing. There's a scripture in Romans 10 um, where it talks about, I'll just jump in on verse 2. It says, for I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal was not based in knowledge, since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. And so there is, there's a thing where we can get all fired up, but if we don't have knowledge of Christ Jesus, we don't have knowledge of his word, we can step into error. We can create our own rules, our own righteousness that can lead to a big dead-end street or even worse, leading others astray. So we have to have zeal tempered, balanced, and even motivated by knowledge of knowing the word of God. Is this making sense? of knowing Jesus, otherwise our zeal can trip people up, can lead people astray. How do we think cults start? A lot of people, most cults start out of someone that was maybe even in the Bible, in, in, in church or knew the Bible. Most of the cults that trip up people and deceive people in America are built around Scripture initially, or it's interwoven. Then there's just slight deviations and error that starts to come in. But usually that Leader is so full of zeal and charisma and passion that people just start to go, oh, we'll just follow him, drink the Kool-Aid. So zeal with knowledge is, is potent, y'all. Know, know your word, know your scripture, know Jesus. Then you'll hear his voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Don't be deceived. So spiritual fervor can be misguided. I mean, you look at all the fervor. You look at people can, can give their all to a religion, to a cause. And, and, and uh, you know, you think, I was just thinking of the Japanese kamikaze pilots. I mean, they had zeal. They were nationalists. They were, you know, willing to lay down their lives and fly those planes into the American ships and, and be suicide pilots. You know, they had zeal, they had passion, they were motivated. But it's, we can give ourselves to the wrong things. We need to know Jesus, amen? I mean, you think of Apostle Paul. He had zeal. He actually said <clears throat> he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was, um, uh, he says, as for zeal, he says, I was persecuting the church. As for legalistic righteousness, I was faultless. He's like, I was doing it and I was the best of them. I was willing to lay it on the line. I was willing to, 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 to persecute people and drag them out of their homes and take their goods and even hold the coats of those who were stoning Stephen. He was full of zeal, but he was misguided. Praise be to God, he had that encounter. He got knocked off that, that donkey and blinded by the light and rearranged and changed, became one of the super apostles that we read daily. 
Praise be to God how he can do that. He can take the zeal. So don't snuff out the zeal of someone. Just try to redirect it. We need that energy. We need that passion. A passionless Christian is pretty flimsy. I think we got way too many (laughs) in our nation right now. But I believe there's a fire that's spreading. There's a passion that's burning for those who will will more, who will stay longer, who will linger in the presence of the Lord. Is this making sense? Uh, Galatians chapter 4, verse 17 says, These people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may be zealous for them. See, there's some people that are using zeal to attract you to them, that not to Jesus. We're to labor to, to see Christ formed in people. But if you see leadership that's trying to attract you to them, ultimately, uh, and it says, it is fine to be zealous provided the, the purpose is good. This is Apostle Paul talking to Galatians. It is fine to be zealous provided the purpose is good. And to, to, uh, sorry, and to be so always and not just when I am with you. So he's saying to be always full of zeal and as long as it's motivated by a good purpose because it can be misleading, it can be hijacked by the devil himself. Making sense? So there was a, um, a battle in, in, uh, down in Chattanooga, Lookout Mountain, in the... Civil War, and the federal troops were, were clear in the heights, and, and uh, it looked impossible. And General Grant sent to General Wood and said, did you send that order to charge? And he says, no. And they looked to another general, General Hooker, and, 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 uh, and to another general, and they inquire the same thing. Who sent out the, the, the order to charge? Because the, the soldiers had risen up by their own will by their own passion, their own zeal for the battle, and overtaken the enemy. They took the ground. And all the generals were like, how did that happen? How did, what, what just happened? How did we take this ground? And it was the, the foot soldiers. It was the little guys who just said, you know what? We're going to do this. We are warriors. We're in this. And I believe that that is how the Lord wants the church to be. It's not waiting for uh, just a command of, of of a, a leader, but he's literally looking for those by their own initiative, their own inertia, would rise up by the power of the Holy Spirit and take ground. And so, wouldn't it be cool in the body of Christ? This is what we're starting to see, where the believers are surprising the leaders. That's what happened in Wilmore, Kentucky. Everyone was like, what? These kids are just lingering? They're worshiping? They're staying? How many hours? How many days? Breaking out on your camp, campuses? The report from Samford, where all of a sudden leaders are just amazed, like, wait, who's giving these commands? What's getting into these people? You know? It's like, wouldn't you rather be a little overly zealous and be part of something than be passive and cautious and nothing really ever happens? I remember someone preaching one time and said, man, I'd rather be zealous and I'd rather be the one who starts a revival by mistake and I have to apologize to God. Sorry, God, I was a little overzealous there. You know, I just didn't, I didn't plan that. We got a little messy. But it happened. The fire spread. I think we're ready for some wildfire, but, but Holy Spirit wildfire, not any strange fire, but Holy Spirit wildfire to break out in our dry and thirsty land. 
Woo, come on, someone. Thank you, Jesus. And there's so many, uh, I don't have time for the, all, the different Bible stories, but um, I, I remember reading about a, a conductor. Actually, I think Emily or someone was just telling me recently they went and saw a, um, what do you call it, orchestra with a conductor. Was it, was it you, someone? And the guy was just so dramatic. Symphony, yeah. And, uh, he, and the conductor was just like over the top, like just, just and, and, and literally there's a story of, of a, a conductor who was, who was just working it so hard and with so much passion, he dislocated his shoulder. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and you know, I, was, I remember Ray Hughes always used to say, worship till you pull something. <laughs> so don't you think we, we need to be a people that are a little out of the box? I mean, we play it so conservative, and how, how far has it gotten us in our, in our land? I believe God's getting, the dove is going to be out of the cage, and he's going to spread like fire, and, and he's just looking for those carriers, those who, who, will, who will go for him, who will carry the passion, carry the love of God. Woo, come on, someone. Worship till you pull something. <laughs> um, you know, um, in one of the great Scottish wars of independence, um, there was a, a, a noble uh, who actually, I don't, and I'm, actually I'm trying to find the actual notes. I'll just tell you what I remember because it's a true story. Um, but there was a, a, a warrior who's, so, who's, who had died in battle, but he was so courageous, so outrageous, that they, they took his heart and they put it in a silver casket. And... Um, and so Douglas Black, I remember he was the, the general that was leading the next Scottish battle. And in the, the heat of the battle, he took this casket with the, with the warrior's heart and he threw it <laughs> into the fray, into the battle. And he said, follow that heart. And, and it, a surge of courage came upon the soldiers and they, they charged against the enemy. And, and how much more do, are we to follow the heart of Jesus who laid it all on the line for us? It's, his heart's already been thrown into the earth, bruised and broken for us, and, but resurrected for us. And the Bible calls us more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We need to be people who uh, have a forward initiative to take more ground. I'm going to tell you about one last story, and we'll, we'll close it out. But um, this is kind of what triggered this message this morning. Uh, thinking about Asbury, the, the revival just talking for a moment about Francis Asbury. Are you, are you guys familiar with Francis Asbury? The, of course, the, the school was named after him, Asbury University. And he was a great Methodist leader from 1745 to 1816. And at the age of only 26, 26 years old, uh, he left England. And he was sent by John Wesley himself, was commissioned to go to America, that wild, crazy land that was yet to be tamed and said, go and bring the gospel and evangelize the American colonies. So he became a, a profound leader, one of the greatest leaders of the Second Great Awakening. And it was estimated that Francis Asbury traveled, think about this, y'all, with horses, of course, horseback, 270,000 miles 
270,000 miles on horseback preaching and planting Methodist churches. And, and back then, this was the, the part of the circuit riders. You heard of the modern-day circuit riders, a ministry that we love uh, that is going out to the campuses and parts of our, all over our nation. And, and, uh, but the original circuit riders, it wasn't glamorous. It was said by prior to 1847 that more than half of the Methodist circuit riders had died before the age of 30 because of animal attacks, exposure to bad weather, disease, and hardships of travel. More than half of them had given their lives before they were even 30 years old. Well, Francis Asbury was, was one of them, was willing to go. And he even purposely chose not to, to be married because he knew that his sacrificial life would be too much for a woman. And so he traveled, and he, and he spread the gospel everywhere he went. Um, and so it was said of Francis Asbury's life, it was marked with, watch this, white hot, white hot spiritual fervor, white hot spiritual fervor. Imagine if someone ever described you as that. Man, that guy's like fiery, white hot, burning. May it be so. Amen? And so um, he said this, Francis Asbury wrote this in his journal. We must reach every section of America, especially the raw frontiers, especially the most dangerous places, he's saying, the most unknown places, the darkest places, we got to pay attention to those places. We must not be afraid of men or of devils, or wild animals or disease. Our motto must always be forward. Onward, Christian soldier, marching as to war. Woo, come on, the cross before us. And so when you catch this fervor, when you catch this fire, life, I'm going to suggest you, isn't so boring. Because David got bored. He was a warrior. He was taking out the Philistines. He was taking out giants. And then at a time when the kings went to war, David stayed home to watch Netflix or maybe he's playing video games. Who knows, you know? Monday night football. How about that, you know? Just chilling out. I just need a little. And then next thing you know, some advertisement, pornography or something flashes. And he's like, oh, wait, what about that? And next thing you know, you know the story, Bathsheba. And we can be so easily deceived. We have to stay forward, onward, Christian soldier, not, not getting bored in the Lord. I'm telling you, there's a fire, there's a fervency that God wants to restore to the church that will literally be the will that will create more in our land. If we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the best of the land, the Bible says. If we're willing and obedient, he's got the best for us. In a time where everything seems to uh, uh, what's sorry, can't talk. Woo! Sorry, I'm, I'm, feel, I'm feeling the, the Lord coming on. Wow. Yeah, let's just pray. I'm not going to, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to take over right now. Let's just begin to pray. Let's just begin, let's just, it's not about, it's not about one man trying to convince someone. Let's just, spiritual fervor. Come on. Come on. Woo! Fire it up, Lord. Let's just begin to pray. Begin to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the story of Francis Asbury. We thank you for the anointing that's coming on us right now to rekindle the flame that once burned bright, that first love, that first fire, that first flame. 
Bring us back, God. Bring us back. That we'd never be lacking in zeal. No matter what age we are, no matter what we've been through, no matter what we've seen, keeping our spiritual fervor, serving the Lord, knowing that our service in the Lord is never in vain. Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this word. We receive it, Lord. We want more. We set our will to want more. We set our will to want more of you, Jesus. We choose you this day. We choose you. Every day we have a choice to either choose the way of the enemy or choose the Lord. And this day we choose, this hour we choose more of you. More of you, Jesus. More. We just thank you right now that there would be such a a stirring in this room. Holy Spirit, would you just stir our hearts to desire you above all, above our friendships, above our work, above our, our, um, our marriages, our friendships, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, above it all that it's you. You are number one. Oh, Father, forgive us as a church. Forgive us individually where we have... Uh, set you aside. Maybe number two or number three or number four. Forgive us, Lord. You are our number one. We set our will. Holy Spirit, we set our will to desire you. We want more of you. More of you. Holy Spirit, would you just stir that spiritual fervor, that zeal, Father, bring zeal into our house, zeal, passion, fire. Holy Spirit, stir the fire. Light the fire right now. Light the fire. Light the fire in us. Light the fire. I just, I just um, welcome the wind of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit, the word is ruach which is the breath of God. So the breath of God, just breathe into this room. Holy Spirit, just blow on the embers of our heart and stir up that spiritual zeal, spiritual fervor. We want more. Yeah, let's just t- take a, the time that's left. Let's just keep pressing in in prayer. I just believe there's a the power of agreement. We're just saying, yes, Lord, we receive Spiritual fervor, Lord, we receive the passion of Jesus, the zeal of the Lord that accomplishes much, the zeal of the Lord coming upon us, God, to do what you've called us to do in our lifetime. Jason, won't you come down? I feel like you might have a prayer to release this fresh fire. Woo! Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Yes, God. God, we just praise you, Lord. God, you know, bottom line, we 
We really need you, Lord. God, I pray right now, God, that you would, that you would fill us with oil, the oil in our lamps, oh God. God, we want to burn before you, Lord. So God, right now, God, even as we see awakening, God, and we see stirring, God, God, I pray, God, God, we don't, we don't want to be left out. God, I pray, God, that not one person that walks into this place, oh God, would be left out of the fire of God, of the passion of God. God, let zeal for your house consume us, God. God, we come, God, weak and wanting, God, but knowing in our wanting and our hunger, God, that you can fill us with your passion and your desire. God, I was once dead. In my trespasses, in my sin, God, I was wandering around in darkness, hopeless, God. God, serving the world. And God, I pray, God, that right now in this place, God, just as you release that fire and that zeal that's consumed my life, oh God. God, I pray that you would release fresh fire upon the church, oh God. God, I pray now that every place where we're dry, God, would be consumed with your fire and your presence, God. And God, I pray, God, it's like, it's like, Scott, I just keep seeing people, it's like they feel like they've been crushed in this past season. But God says that where you've been crushed, the wine's coming out, the grapes, where you've been crushed. I thank you, God, that it's flowing, God. And God, I even see all across the nation, God, just that wine, God, just, and it's even symbolic of the blood of Jesus that's just covering a nation. And so I just feel like now, God, that we would just cry out for your blood. And we just, we just, we just, rem we remember the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross, oh God. And that's why we're excited. And that's why we can get passionate because we're not left in our sins, God. God, that we have eternal life. And so now, Lord, I just pray, God, I pray that zeal, I pray that passion, I pray that hunger, I pray the fire of God be released upon the church, be released upon our lives, oh God. Here we are at the altar. Here we are, God. God poured out. And it's like I just see people, I just see people sitting here going like, oh, yeah, you know, why me? Or we're making a bunch of excuses. Or I don't feel you, God. If you don't feel God, I want to tell you I've been in that place many times. And I've been trying to go after God the best way I know for about 20 years since he delivered me from drugs and alcohol and satanic stuff. And I was involved in the occult and all kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to go through seasons where you feel dead and you feel dry and all that. But normally, if you will just cry out and keep crying out, God will come. And so right now, God, I just break off despair, and I break off hopelessness, and I break off stagnation. And I pray now, Lord God, that you would come, God, that you would hear the prayers of the saints. And listen, if you're in a dry place, begin to cry out. Begin to cry out. So, Lord, I just pray for your people this morning. Fill them up. Consume them with zeal, passion, fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's powerful. Thank you. Y'all receive that. Just one last thing and we'll close, but I just kept seeing this image and I was like, Lord, are you sure? But I feel like you said I'm supposed to just share this, that he was, it just began to speak to me about idolatry, that idolatry makes us worthless, just like the worthless idols. We become worthless ourselves if we have idolatry. We're, we're not effective in the kingdom. And there was a time when I was a young man, I was in the music industry and I had gotten this this award, I'm not even going to bother mentioning what it is, but it was it was a music award, and the, and it was a, a night that uh, 
we were right before our first conference we ever did. It was called Operation Nehemiah, bringing dreaming for the city to be rebuilt, this city. And the Lord began to speak to me about the idolatry in Nashville, Tennessee, years ago. And there's a massive storm and rain coming down. I had to pull over. I couldn't drive at all. And I, and I began to weep. I began to cry. And the Lord said, this is my heart crying over this city. There's idolatry in this city. And he was just weeping. I was, I was crying right there with him. And in that moment, the Lord shows me. He says, I need you to smash your idol. I, I need you to take that award. I need you to, in the middle of this conference, I saw this vision. I was like, Lord, this couldn't be you, could it? And he said, I need you to crush that thing. Because it needs to be a prophetic picture that everyone needs to know this is what I think of idolatry. He's a jealous God. And so right in the middle of the, <laughs> at the end of this first night, I go and get this, this award, and, I, and, and I, I probably didn't set it up too well. I mean, what are you going to say when you do such a thing anyways? So, but I remember I just took it, and I smashed it over, over my knee, and my knee even started bleeding a little bit. I was like, oh, my goodness. But, and, and I remember it was like a hush. It went through, <gasps> like the air went out of the room. And the Lord said, that's what God thinks of idolatry in our city. And it's got to come down. And so what will steal our zeal is our worship, our adoration, our affection, our focus going to other things. And I just felt, felt like the Lord said, if you've never had the privilege of smashing an idol, it feels good, y'all. Y'all get free. If you got some idol in your life, if you've never like literally, I mean, ask the Holy Spirit. Don't just do what I say, but, but ask the, if you've never actually taken a physical thing that represented something that's keeping you locked up and shut down and dull and bored and worthless on the, on the call of the Lord on your life, then take that thing and smash it and get free. You know, when captives are set free, there's, there's, a, there's a smashing of the, the cage and the and, the, and there's a tearing, a breaking of the change. We sing the songs, but have we, ever, have we ever done it? It might be a relationship that needs to be broken off. For the honor of God, for the fire of God in your life, he will bless you. But I, I know that's an outrageous kind of word. You should have been there for the conference. <laughs> but you know what? There's something about we can't play anymore. God is either going to be first and foremost in our life and we're going to see the victory of the Lord in our land or we're going to go down with a sinking ship. And it's no good to just shuffle deck chairs on the deck of the Titanic, you know, set up for a little church service. No, it's, it's a lot bigger what's happening right now. and We're at a critical moment in our nation. Let's stand for a moment. Lord, we ask that we could be the fiery ones, just as Jason prayed, Lord, that fire will come upon us, Lord. It's a work of your spirit. It's not something we muster up in our own strength. But Lord, if I just pray for anyone here, if the Holy Spirit, if you convict of idolatry, something that is standing in the way, Lord, convict us and give us the grace to remove that or even cr crush that. Whatever needs to be, Lord, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. We want to be free agents for Jesus.